Issue number 11 of The Infinite Backlog, a chronological tour of the best and most noteworthy Marvel comics. I'm the Spectacular Andy, and with me are my co-hosts, Cosmic Shane. Hey. And the legendary Rory. What's up, everybody? Today's comics, we're following... Now, get this. Fantastic Four, Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you know. We've been doing that for weeks. And Thor. The God of Thunder. <laughs> God of Thunder. We got a new goddamn title in here. Uh, and these take us from August 1966 through March 1967. And during this time, Walt Disney dies. Sad. Kind mm-hmm. of. The first Kwanzaa is celebrated. And Star Trek, the original series, premieres on NBC. Wait, so, he died in 1967? Uh, six, I believe, in like December, I want to say. It's been a long time since we've had an extant Walt. Like, (laughs) his ghostly fist still rules the world from, like, 60 years ago. (laughs) (laughs) He's a bad one. Oh, Walt. Oh, your legacy continues on, I guess. Sort of. His his empire of forced fun. (laughs) I don't like the sound of forced fun. Yeah. You should, I can't uh, even get in on that conversation. I willingly have the forced fun. <laughs> yeah, Shane's a big Disney stan. <laughs> yeah, we we probably should avoid the co- the topic of Disney on on the on this podcast because Rory will Rory will tear it down and burn the ashes. And Shane's like, where can I get another keychain? <laughs> <laughs> the keychain, your pulls keychain. <laughs> well, you, you, okay. had the, you had the entire Disney verse of merchandise to choose from, and you pulled keychain. The Walt Disney merchant verse. <gasps> uh, <laughs> take me there. I'm ready. <laughs> oh, oh God. Um, I I genuinely don't know which uh, which title you guys found most interesting or least interesting. But where do we want to start? Uh, let's, we could start with Spider Man. Oh my god, same. Let's start with Spooderman because he's the worst one this week. Yeah, okay, so I I will I will say really quick, uh we had originally been slated to read seven entire fucking issues of Fantastic 4 this week and based on some comments Rory and Shane made, I realized that was going to be a no-go. <laughs> <laughs> so I did some little floop-de-doopsy magic, and I swapped out four issues of Fantastic Four for three issues of Spider-Man, and so we're 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 kind of continuing past where we normally would have been reading based on our our reading list or, or uh, Dave over at Comic Book Herald's reading list. So that's interesting. I, I I am surprised that this was left out of the list with the uh, Me infamous too. appearance of Mary Jane at the end of our reading. Yes. Yeah. And and I think I think we talked about it last week. I think it was sp- simply because uh that trade paperback ends when Steve Dicko leaves. Ah, uh, um, sure, sure. Because now the three issues that we read, uh 39, 40 and 42, they're all uh illustrated by John Romita, who is uh new a new player in the game. And 
I don't know what you're thinking. I, maybe maybe Shane, you have a better perspective on this. I couldn't really tell much of a difference. Like it seems like he's doing a good job aping the style. There, uh, before Shane gets in with his artistic, uh, <laughs> before he before he puts the, before he rings his gavel, um, it was a little more cartoonish, right? Especially with Green Goblin is really apparent. Yeah. Um, it, like just a little bit uh, brighter color palette and uh, sharper lines and. Uh, I don't know, more exaggerated features. I could see that. Yeah, I would. Yes, 100%. I, I don't know if we can necessarily judge the, the the tonal quality of the colors because these are all obviously digitally enhanced, right? Yes, these are all recolors by modern mm. people trying to yeah. sort of, you know, not not fully recolor. Like they're not making different artistic choices. They're just everything's way more crazy vibrant on Marvel Unlimited than it ever would have been on a piece of paper in 1966. Um, yeah, that's fair. But, but that doesn't change the the sort of you know effect of it. I guess I something something that I I love about the the new artist actually, and I noticed basically right away was the, the facial expressions and mm. the the storytelling of the art itself is way uh, it, it it's way more apparent. Yeah. So I I feel like um what's his name Romita. Mm-hmm. I feel I feel like Romita can take th- what's happening on the page and he can actually create like a mood and atmosphere using the characters' faces and their gestures. Um, like the, the Spider-Man was probably some of the well, most well-drawn comics in terms of like f- posing and figure. Yeah. But but now this guy has brought this whole this whole new look to characters' faces and their personalities. Like he 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 took Peter from like this. 40 year old man to <laughs> what what looks like a soft boy like he's a soft little boy now <laughs> and the, like the, the the figure posing is still it's still very strong but i think the the picture as a whole the way it reads on a page is so much better with the facial expressions i can get behind that i'm just imagining ditko wander wandering by a comic shop and seeing what ramita's up to and he's like no you've softened my boy yes <laughs> <laughs> so mad that the boy is soft. Like I, I, I didn't. I don't think I sent this Same. one to you. I'll, I'll, Same. Wait, what? So Andy's mad that the mad. boy is soft. Oh yeah. <laughs> there's there's a whole panel in like the first comic that we read with uh, Aunt May, and she's like knitting, mm. and the, she like turns to look out the window from her chair, and you can see the look of concern on her face. And yeah. she's kind of scared. And it's just, it's so subtle, but it works so well. Yeah, I i kind of dug these issues, but not in like, I don't know. I, I'm kind of glad we're moving on from Spider-Man. I mean, at the same time, it's sad, right? Like, this is this has always been a bright spot every week. But uh, the, the plots so far, I mean, unless it makes a big change, they've kind of been getting a little samey. And we even yeah. got a little hint of that. Uh, this this week too, right? I mean, we had a we have a two parter that's kind of cool, with uh, with Green Goblin finding out Peter's identity, and then Peter finding out Goblin's identity. Mm-hmm. Um, so we finally get the Norman Osborn reveal. Uh, but this is the first time, to my knowledge, that we've seen any hero on these pages uh, in any of the titles, like his their secret identity get revealed. It doesn't help that, you know, of course, some of those heroes don't have secret identities. I mean, Thor kind of does, but not really. Mm-hmm. He's just got a Dr. Alt persona that he can turn into. But yeah, it was it was interesting. I, I liked getting to see that happen 
uh, even if it was kind of in a in a dumb way, right? Like he's got some sort of magic gas that turns off Peter's spider sense. But it is, you know, it's exciting. It's exciting to have someone's secret identity revealed. I think that's always that's always true. You know, those are huge hype moments. I mean, that's that's half the thing that people remember about the Civil War event um, that happens, obviously, way, 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 way later. Um, but the, I mean, to that, it's always kind of funny because I think Spider-Man's one of the first people to get behind unmasking in Civil War. Yes. But it's like, you're yes. also the first guy to get unmasked without a choice, bud. So, you know, <laughs> you've kind of, this is a bit of a limp. Oh, that's a bit of a limp display. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Plenty of people already know who Peter Parker is. <laughs> but it was nice. And I, I imagine we're going to, if we stay with Spider-Man or if we were to have stayed with Spider-Man, I haven't looked ahead in the reading list. Uh, yeah, we would see we would see some of the same stuff that was going on with the reporter where Spider-Man now knows Norman Osborn is or was Green Goblin and because mm-hmm. he gets kind of he gets the, the oodle knocked out of his noodle <sighs> at the end. And yeah, uh, we'll God, deal with that. I hate that so much. I I don't I do not enjoy that. The, the one issue after we find out it's Norman Osborn, he's he like gets hit in the head so hard he's forgotten how to be evil. And that's like, something we've complained about <laughs> multiple times, right? In these early comics, is never letting a cool moment breathe. Is yeah the desire the desire to revert to the beginning of the Simpsons episode is pretty strong. It's so strong, except mm-hmm. when it comes to Betty and this whole like continuing ongoing Betty plot. Uh, which seems like it's not going to go away yet. Like we get hints that she's coming back to New York. We finally see her for the first time in many issues after she quit. And Ned Leeds comes back. He's kind of a bro again. He apologizes to Peter for being so mean to him. Uh, but like, it's, it's so weird. Like that plot keeps continuing and they don't reset that. Like there's not a new girlfriend for Peter every week. There's just, we just can never hold on to anything story relevant or at least villain relevant. <laughs> yeah. Those those couple were okay. I kind of I kind of like the Norman Osborn Harry Osborn dynamic that we see. It's 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 interesting, you know, the the sort of piece of shit dad who asks too much and never you can't figure out how to please him. And mm-hmm. it was nice in how that gave sort of extra depth to Harry, who we'd just sort of seen being a sniping bitch. Uh, but actually, he's just like legit. He legit loves his dad. And is like super worried about how he can get in with him. And I don't know if again, if we were to keep reading this, which <laughs> Shane and I might. I know Shane said he might continue reading a little Spider-Man at some point. Uh, I the thing that I would be most look for, looking forward to is the Peter and Harry friendship and how that. Yeah. How that and developed. especially since he knows Norman Osborn again is or was a villain. I, I think that adds a lot of flavor to the human side of these relationships, mm-hmm. e- even if the. I guess the plot part of it is lacking. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what about what about that third one with uh, with J. Jonah Jameson's kid? That's kind of a nothing burger. It, it had some fun yeah. moments. He he has a J name too, right? Like it's John, John, John. or Johnny, or whatever. Yeah, Johnny Jameson. Oh my god. When we first see him, this is my favorite thing. I think this is probably my favorite thing Jay Jonas has ever said is uh, we see him with with uh, with John, who's come to visit. And now he's leaving and he's like, I enjoyed your visit, son. Don't worry about those spores you contracted during your spacewalk. Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
That's the most ham-fisted fucking exposition. It's so <laughs> bald and awful. <laughs> and of course, we should have been worried about those moon spores. Yes, of course. Of course we should have. And they made him Hulk out. But he's okay at the end because I think, again, he like Spider-Man shocks the spores out of him with electricity. I don't know. Again, these issues were kind of nothing. Um enjoyable and they had some of the good spider-man juice but uh but they're not they're not giving me the kind of shit that thor is that we're going to talk about no, in a thor, second. yeah i am i'm 100 on board <laughs> although i i did want to i did want to linger on the uh the mary jane reveal finally yes please because yes. On, on one hand it's a little bit more of the same of um i don't know a hot girl inexplicably more interested in peter than he's earned mm-hmm. um <laughs> but she immediately enters after all this time kind of dangling her in front of the reader. Uh, <laughs> yeah. She enters with a much different energy than we've seen from his paramours previously. Yes. Yes. And I, and I was intrigued by that. Like you just hit the jackpot, sweetie, or something like that. Yeah, uh, yeah there it is. She, it's not, she calls him, yeah. she, she calls him tiger, right? Tiger. That's like a big thing yeah. with MJ, face right? She tiger. says face a tiger. You just hit the jackpot. Like, so it, it, yeah, it's still got some uh, some uh, weird energy to, or like not weird energy. It's got weird, uh, I don't know, vibes or implications or writing. But mm-hmm. I like the energy. I like the swagger she's got. Yeah, yeah, she's got big dick energy, like right through the door, and <laughs> which crushes his soft boy energy. <laughs> <laughs> and I do, I do, I do kind of like it. Like in spite of myself and seeing this and going, oh god. I do kind of like it because there is there is an angle to MJ that is fun where she is un- unlike the other sort of more traditional women that Peter has been trying to date. She is uh, I think she's a model. She's out there having fun in the nightlife. She's like kind of a 60s girl. Sort of a you know what I mean? Like in that, yeah. Yeah. And I think that's really neat. And you can tell in her hairstyle immediately. Like it's like down and loose and and red, of course, you know, so, you know, whatever colors mean, blah, blah, blah. But like she's intense. <laughs> <laughs> Shane takes offense at me saying whatever colors mean, I, blah, blah, blah. I, I didn't take offense at that. It was <laughs> it was the way you you were you were just like, mm, hair colors mean things. Moving yeah. on. <laughs> no, no, colors, colors in choice in art mean things no There's you meant blondes have more fun <laughs> you meant betty brand's a blonde she has more fun betty brand is not a blonde open your she, eyes shane she is in my fantasy <laughs> in the shane betty ship there are more blondes and redheads in my world than you can dream of and <laughs> yeah what are you uh, doing i don't know what i'm doing look <laughs> Yeah, the MJ reveal, I just kind of wanted to throw that in there. I thought it would be fun. After, again, if we were going to have read all that Spider-Man and then spend weeks getting MJ teased and then walk away and not see MJ get revealed on the podcast, like, that would have felt lame. So I threw yeah. it in there. Yeah, it worked well. It's a good It's a good nightcap on uh, on this on Spider-Man for a minute. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we will be returning to Spider-Man just more in, like, little fits and spurts for a little while. Sure. Like, just, like chuck in an issue here here and there to check in. I think we got a kingpin story that I'm throwing in at, at one point, but um Ooh. uh <laughs> are we saving Thor for the end or are we doing Fantastic Four next? <laughs> uh I would have said let's jump straight to Thor, but honestly, yeah, I don't want to end on the Fantastic Four energy. <laughs> 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 yeah. 
Uh, okay, actually, uh, here I can I can do you guys a teeny bit of a favor. Uh, I know I, I probably could have done this before you read them, but like whatever. Here's the, the a vague thing about what we skipped. We skipped four issues of Fantastic Four. Mm-hmm. Not much interesting happens. Uh, the main the main interesting points are that Johnny and Wyatt are uh, off. They found Lockjaw, the Inhumans' dog. And they've been off sort of trying to teach Lockjaw how to teleport them places because they're trying to get into the Great Refuge so Johnny can make out with Crystal. <laughs> uh, so that's their whole thing. They've been missing for many issues just off teleporting with Lockjaw. Um, there's like an issue where the, th- the Thing and the Silver Surfer have like a weird misunderstanding fight over Alicia's love. Uh, we fight Claw again uh, from the, the Black Panther issue, but Claw is now like a being of pure sound. <laughs> uh it's just very weird. And then there's a there's a whole like a a, a an annual I think that we skipped where a, a villain called the Mad Thinker recovers the original Golden Age human torch like android and oh, uh so the two human fun. torches fight each other in an annual that we missed. Mm. But yeah, nothing particularly interesting and then we come back to this four-part doom doomsday extravaganza that we read today. So yeah, What's, it's, what did you it's, guys feel? Uh, my, my biggest complaint is that it was cluttered with these other side plots that, um, sure. you know, some of them needed to happen, but um, like, I don't think we need to be cutting to the Inhumans. For the amount of page base they're dedicated, it, it kind of felt like it just felt a little odd. I, I was, I love to see them, uh, but mm-hmm. it, it, it did fit weird into the whole like thing that's going on because Doom's off with yeah. Surfer or at least in the first issue. And we're cutting back to the Inhumans, and we're cutting to Johnny and Wyatt and Lockjaw. It's just four disparate things happening with it, but it yeah. doesn't feel like an ABC plot. It just kind of feels like a kaleidoscope of different <laughs> heroes doing different things. Yeah, we wrote ourselves into four corners, and now I guess we feel weird if we don't check in on them every month. So <laughs> here you go. <laughs> it's such a, it's such strange places too. Like it'll just be in the middle of like one of the human torches sentences. It'll be like blah blah blah, and then you turn the page and it's like, oh, but what's happening over here with the Inhumans? They're trapped still. Karnak's <laughs> punching trees or something. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's not good. It's <laughs> not good. <laughs> I think I can say that it's not good. Uh, um, but the the initial, I think the first issue is weird as it is. I think it's my favorite part of this uh, this Doom arc because it has Doctor Doom. It's that whole sequence with Doctor Doom tricking Silver Surfer, <laughs> which is so fucking funny to me. <laughs> Because <laughs> he sees that Silver Surfer's flying around in Latveria, and so he sends them this old-timey medieval, like, scroll summons. <laughs> yes, he does. And when he gets there, fuck, it is, this dialogue is so good. He's trying so hard to convince the Surfer that he's this, like, gentle man and a wonderful ruler, and everyone loves him. They sing songs for me. And then, like, <laughs> immediately the next panel, someone bumps into him, and he says, you dared lay a hand on the sacrosanct person of your lord and master. And the guy's like, no, not the ultimate punishment. <laughs> And it's actually such a well executed gag. It was so good. And then he and then he he like realizes the silver surfer's there and he's like, I mean you're okay. 
<laughs> pick, pick yourself up there, subject. <laughs> and it, it does kind of play because Silver Surfer is this moon man with just no idea of how humans behave. He's very gullible mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. Yes. I think that's probably what makes him the most interesting right now. Yeah. Is that he he is he is kind of like a fairy, right? Yeah. Like like in in the way that it's sort of like they know nothing of this world. He doesn't know how things work. He's not used to dealing with people who are duplicitous. Like it's just not in his nature, so he doesn't know how to recognize it. And so, you know, that's that's kind of fun. He's just easy to trick. <laughs> <laughs> And as a result, yeah, Doctor Doom gets all of Silver Surfer's like cosmic powers, and that's awful. And we spend four issues with it. It doesn't make for a great story. No, uh, there's a lot of wasted time doing a bunch of action that's not interesting, and yep. just repeated fights. Um, Johnny and the Thing both are like. I know he's got all the cosmic power in the world, but I think if I just get hot enough or if I just punch him hard enough, it'll work. <laughs> and Reed's like, no. And they're like, well, I'm going anyway, so bye. I'll be in my lab. <laughs> <laughs> God, there's a line that the thing gives uh, when when Reed is trying to stop him. He's like, let go, you blasted human octopus. That's my pizza-eating arm. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, yeah. You know what I also find annoying? Um, this skips ahead a little bit through this whole Doctor Doom thing. As I mentioned, there's the uh, Inhuman side plot. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And at the end of it, Black Bolt destroys the, the Null Zone with his, with his scream. Mm-hmm. And while that's maybe a neat moment in a vacuum, uh-huh, in a Null Zone... Um, ah, it's a it's a negative zone, Rory. It's not. It's a negative zone. That's right. It's um. It felt <laughs> it felt weird because he could have done that at any time. Uh, yeah. And it fails to pay off all of the all of the page space that's been devoted to training Lockjaw to go home. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. Yes. It's very weird, and especially because they have uh. Like they 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 sort of establish in that sequence that like oh Black Bolt has been keeping it a secret he has been able to talk this whole time it's just it's very intense when he does it so like why didn't Black Bolt break them out five issues ago <laughs> like there's there's yeah. no explanation given as to why he yeah. waited it's 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 a very half baked thing but uh but I again I think maybe you feel the same right I I still kind of like getting to see Black Bolt yeah like, that's the thing it's always but I think that magnitude is added from prior context <laughs> maybe i don't know that it's i don't know that it's immediately that cool if you're a new reader yeah i don't know what do you think shane you, you don't have any context i have zero context um i the whole time i i, I was like mm, i don't think so but that's cool that's fine <laughs> there we go <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh-huh yeah that sounds right that feels right to me <laughs> i mean that's <laughs> it's one of the few things that Marvel has been pretty um I don't know, religious about protecting the the value of Black Bolt's voice, like it is not mm-hmm. really eroded over the years. Right. And that's and that's very cool when you know that later that like this is just an important thing he really doesn't speak that often even, you know, 50 years into the comic into the comic pages later. It's it's a yeah. so it, when when most hum- when most fucking heroes have all like gone into different iterations and changed their names and gotten yeah. new powers and lost other powers, it's like Black Bolt still just doesn't fucking talk. Yeah, it's still dope. 
Does he not talk on the? Does he not talk on the show? No. Yeah. They they got uh you know Captain Pike in there doing Black Bolt and he does not speak. Yeah. Oh. uh... It's in some of the. It's sometimes he can he can kind of whisper sometimes if it's Uh gonna hurt. But like it's it's if he has to. But for the most part, also Medusa is sort of. You know, she yeah, can read she the can tea like... leaves of his face. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> sort of interpret large ideas from facial expressions. <laughs> yeah. She maps his stubble. It's, be- it's because she's so in love with him, you guys. We- she's so in love with him. And Crystal, too. She's so fucking ready and raring to go find her fiery slam piece. And... <laughs> That hasn't happened yet. I mean, I'm I'm interested to see where that goes if they get together, and it's going to be like one of those things where, like, finally, yeah, actually, I'm not really feeling it that much. Maybe we're not really that into each other. Maybe the ten Goodbye. minutes we spent talking <laughs> did not lead to a healthy relationship. <laughs> there's a there's another great cutaway in this uh, in this arc where there's a whole page devoted to the Watcher. And no, 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 no. You just called it a great cutaway. You need a backup. You need a backup. You need to remove that adjective. What do you mean? Great cutaway. What are you even talking about? Rip that page. No, rip the page out of the comic book. Get the fuck out of here. That was that was them being like, oh, well, the Watcher isn't going to save everybody this time, but we might as well show them that the Watcher isn't going to save everybody yeah. this time. He doesn't do anything. <laughs> he sits he sits there and he goes, "Ah, well, I've kind of been I'm supposed to watch and I've not watched a few times lately. So I probably shouldn't not watch this time. I should probably just watch. Oh, no, but I'm too tempted. I'm too tempted. I'm going to watch something else. He changes the channel. He changes he the fucking channel. Changes on the channel so that he wouldn't be tempted to help out because he just feels bad about helping out. Like, who's watching you? To, who's watching the watcher to stop the watcher from not watching? No one oh. is stopping you. You can do whatever you want, Uatu. But no, no, he doesn't do anything. And we spend a whole page watching him not do anything. What the fuck is going on at Marvel headquarters? <laughs> he it's like he he flipped from one category of monkeys to another category of monkeys. Like, oh sweet, new monkeys. And yeah, he was like, he was immediately monkeys. yeah, he was immediately like, I need to go. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> Fucking A. Yeah. Uh, Doom, uh, it should be said, there are moments where Doom with the cosmic power is pretty cool and scary. Uh it's but it's sort it's of very silly it's juxtaposed well. against very silly moments. Yeah, it, or yeah, not even juxtaposed. It's it's undercut. It, I did not really uh-huh. feel the gravity of these of these issues. Yeah, the way one could, As, especially because I don't think the way that uh, Jack Kirby is drawing Doctor Doom on Silver Surfer's surfboard, I don't think it's as cool as he wants it to be. <laughs> <laughs> It's kind of not, and I don't know that there is a good way to make that look cool. It's it's not. It's yeah. It's it's really stupid, and uh, yeah. it's and what he does ki- just dumb things with his powers too. Yeah, it's what kind of works for Silver Surfer is the double and triple and quadrupling down that a space surfer is cool. Um, <laughs> the, 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 his power is a surfboard, and that's cool. Is the like ref- the refusal to change kind of makes it work. Yeah, but other people on flying surfboards don't have that same weight to it, and it looks dumb as shit. 
Yes, 100%. Uh, this fucker flies around on his surfboard, like, making a gorilla into a big King Kong. It's like, yeah. what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing with this power? You could just kill people. Like, if you really want to do this, like, there's so many ways to be scarier than making a King Kong or going to a random Mediterranean island and making it cold there. <laughs> like... <laughs> Buddy. <laughs> hey, can we can we talk about there's that brilliant part where they shoot tape all over Mr. Fantastic? <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> and he goes, he goes, oh no. Adhesive. Adhesive clings to any shape. <laughs> That's why Pace Pot Pete is so fucking OP. Everyone in the Marvel universe is learning from the trapster that glue is dope. <laughs> but it's a very it's a very ropey tape and he's just it, he's uh he's all he's tied just up. Covered. He's just yeah, he's covered, covered in ropey thick tape. ropes. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, we're stopping that right now. We're, we're, we're locking that one up right now. <laughs> Don't lock up my thick ropes. Okay. Well, <laughs> the hot ropes? <laughs> oh, stop it. No. At the uh, at the end, I, I this is the only part that I thought was kind of clever about the whole issue or the whole four issues is that uh, Reed Richards' plan is actually kind of neat. He essentially uses a he has the army use an airplane to lure Doom out into space because he remembered that Galactus had put essentially like a, a space curse on uh, <laughs> Silver Surfer that says he can't leave Earth, and so he was like, well. Maybe it works on Doom now that he has surface powers, and it definitely does. So he like flies up to space, and like the off screen, the re- the sort of retribution from Galactus fucks up Doctor Doom, and and that's how we end the. Yeah, you know, that's how he doesn't yeah, have is, the powers it is, anymore. It is neat. It's uh, yeah, I, I was I was fond of that ending. Yeah, it it you know it uses things that we remember from something that happened on the page. And reincorporates an idea that is neat and like wasn't telegraphed. Mm-hmm. Like we, but like is is cool and logically is consistent. I feel to to a degree that you could say about Fantastic Four, right? Well, yeah. In the moment when when Galactus did his space curse, I don't know <laughs> if there was an if there was an implication to to the the kind of it, but it seemed that he was stripping Surfer of most of his powers. Like he just wasn't really space fair space worthy anymore. Right, and it would seem that rather, and we we've since seen server flying around, not particularly limited in any way that we can measure. So it was a cool right. flip on that. That's like, oh, maybe he's still as strong. He's just bound to Earth, which is also cool. Yeah, and I know we will be reading the uh, the Silver Surfer solo series. That's a lot of S's. Soon, it's going to start up soon. Uh, they spin nice. him off into his own title, like a quarterly title. Uh, so all of his issues are long. Um, hmm. But yeah, it's uh, so I'm I'm actually I've never read that one and I'm actually very excited to see what they do with Surfer on his own because I think there's a lot of potential for something interesting to happen. <laughs> yeah. In contrast to these four issues. <laughs> hey, you know what was very interesting this week <laughs> was the colonizers and oh, the Rigelians. Oh, be still my heart. <laughs> oh, we're back with Thor, the, the best god, the god of thunder. And so that we say it right at the top, we don't know what he was up to previous in issue 130, but he, the very beginning of this issue, 131, him and Hercules just kind of return from like a bro road trip. 
<laughs> it's it's very it's very odd. It's just like Thor and Hercules fly down, and Hercules starts fighting with other Greek gods, and Thor's like, "Ooh, I'm gonna Ooh. go." Yeah, bye. <laughs> it sounds like a problem for not Thor. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't my pantheon. I should go. <laughs> uh, but yeah, what <laughs> fucking happens in this three parter? <laughs> Jane Foster talks to a lot of strangers. Yeah, she's on a bus and she doesn't know why. All she knows mm-hmm. is she's she's compelled to take a bus to the other side of the country. Well, she she hits all the different kind of travel things. She's like compelled to just continually travel <laughs> forever now. Yeah, and she goes very... to dinner with that weird baby guy with the baby face. <laughs> oh, the baby <laughs> man. He's got the tiniest little face, little tiny <laughs> face drawn in the center of his head. Yeah, the the unfortunate part of dropping into Thor for three issues is that, and and or any title for an issue or two is that there's going to be hints at a longer plot that we're just never going to get to see play out. But but I think those people wanted to breed Jane Foster. I think that's what the implication <laughs> is at the end, right? It kind of seems like it, doesn't it? It's very spooky, and it has something to do with a character that is uh, introduced in this line that stays around for a while, named the High Evolutionary. But we never get to meet him on these pages, which is which is fine. Uh, it's it's kind of a, it's kind of fun to, to see Jane Foster on this weird, like confusing vision quest that she doesn't know anything <laughs> about having having dinner with strangers she met meets on planes and having uh-huh. them like, <laughs> abduct her. <laughs> it's kind of upsetting, too, though, you know, uh, but it's all because her roommate <laughs> It's all because her new roommate was secretly an alien robot from Ni- Rigel. I almost said Nigel. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, what's her name? It's like Tana. Uh, Tana. Tana. I forget the last name. Tana Nile. Tana Nile. Tana Nile. Tana Nile. Yeah. The, these aliens cracked me the first. fuck up. They're really funny. And Tana Nile is hilariously like fembody for her... Uh, like her other, like she, she's, she, her head and face are gigantic. She's got this, like, she's got this sort of like old boxy, old boxy, like computer where her, where her breasts should be. But then her arms and legs are all like super lithe and sensual. They're normal. They're normal sized. <laughs> yeah, but then the rest of her is like this weird bobblehead. Yeah, the bobblehead. They've got huge heads. Oh God! These these and and of course she's she's a lady colonizer, so she's pink, uh, yep. which is like <laughs> cool. Yeah, great. That makes sense. <laughs> Following your your very good coloring, but there's and, also there's such a fun dynamic. This is her first attempt at at conquering a planet, and she doesn't want to fuck it up. Like, yes, she has no self-esteem for a world conqueror. <laughs> it's great. like it's so funny. It's so good. And these this species, they seem like I don't, are they robots? They seem like they're robots, but they also maybe they're the, like cyborgs. Yeah, androids? there's there's an implication that there's, there's an implication that they're aliens, but they're drawn with that same like boxy '60s B movie robot look. Yes. Like they're invoking a certain look, but they're I think just aliens. Yeah, but I Don't think Don't call me just an alien. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, my name's Justin Alien. <laughs> <laughs> Justin, I'm so glad you're back. <laughs> the interesting thing to me about their society is that they seem like they're all bureaucrats or yep. something. There's a lot of bureaucracy like... going on. 
There's rules. Like there, yeah, there's so many rules. There's all these forms. Like when she, this is so fucking hilarious to me, and it feels really ahead of its time, actually, in terms of like, oh yeah, yeah, the absolutely, type of co- commentary they're doing, where she's like, oh, sick. I'm gonna, I'm, Earth is gonna be mine. I'm gonna finally do it. All right, just gotta call home. Gotta call yeah. the home office. I gotta file a colonization claim with the claims department. It's like fucking. <laughs> She's got so many pieces of paperwork these, to these fill out. Galaxy spanning planet conquerors, planet colonizers who won't work, uh, who who won't work, uh, who won't do overtime, unpaid unpaid overtime. <laughs> yeah, yes, like because they because Thor gets captured at the end of the first issue, and the two guys carrying him off in their little stasis pod or whatever. Yeah, they're they're just bitching about overtime and like, yeah, I know I'm gonna hurry up because I don't get paid for this. As soon as we go overtime, I'm not paid. That's bullshit. I don't conquer planets for free. It's an incredible peek into something that is just tantalizingly unfilled in. You know what I yeah. mean? Like we don't we don't we don't have to spend a million years with the Rigelians to kind of get what they're about. And I like I like seeing the tip of this iceberg. It's really fun. Um they they sort of one of the superpowers of the Rigelians is is one of my favorite things or least favorite uh is a really obscure power with no good quantifiability. So, you know, the 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 one that comes up most is the proportional strength of a spider. Like that means anything. Yeah. <laughs> and and the Rigelians tout, uh, how can you fight somebody with the power of unlimited density? <laughs> I don't know. What what is infinite density? You tell me. What yeah. is infinite density? <laughs> I think uh oh yeah, no, I wrote it down. Thor comes back with Thor, if it hasn't been said before, talks with an, an insufferably Shakespearean dialect. It's pretty oh, awful. God. It's so fucking ridiculous and awful to read. But uh, Thor comes back after they do their, like, infinite density bullshit. And he says, not all thy science, not all thy density can save thee from the power of (laughs) Thor. (laughs) (laughs) Such fucking trash. I, I I do adore Thor, though. There was a funness to the Rigelians that... They were perhaps not um, a malevolent species, exactly. You know the um, right. It's hard. I mean, it's it's hard to say that uh, a species that makes their existence uh, about conquering planets it's not awesome. But the uh, the high the high uh, command. I forget what his what his title was. Oh yeah, there's an old right like the... at the top who seemed very logical and very interested in. Uh, like some sort of pragmatic, res- like you know, conflict resolution, which is also kind yeah. of officey. That he well, it's also <laughs> he had this incredible like inner monologue uh, that w- that was again very officey, where he was like, "Man, I never wanted to be the fucking leader of this nation. I was just I, my IQ was so high, so I felt like I had to, like it was my duty, like I was the smartest one here, so I had to rule. But man, this fucking this job sucks. I hate this job. And yeah, he's like." fully interested in not fighting Thor because he recognizes <laughs> Th- Thor is very scary. And he's like, well, no, I don't want to. <laughs> and eventually he does team up with Thor and send him on a mission. Oh, we go meet Ego. We meet Ego with, uh, what was his name? The re- the Observer? The Recorder? The, the Recorder. The, the Recorder. He's fun. Yeah. <laughs> and I love the th- that he's like, that Thor becomes his best friend. Yeah, he's like this this robot. So they 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 don't know. They're very scared of the black galaxy in 
inside which there is a being that can, you know, resist their powers. They're very scared of the being in the Black Galaxy, but they don't know very much about it either. And so when Thor, when they send Thor in there to go deal with it, they send a robot called a recorder who is very like the Watcher in that he is only there to record, not to participate. And he's not, he doesn't have feelings. He's just a robot. He's just recording and he's going to report back what he sees. Uh, and I think Thor teaches him the power of, of like emotion or something. For friendship. Yeah. Yeah. Friendship. <laughs> like it's, it's really nice in a weird way. And he has all these like very overdramatic lines about like, no, I, oh my gosh, I was only recording, but now <laughs> like, it's fucking amazing. This is also, uh, and this is going to be a trend now, moving forward for a little while at the end of the 60s here. The, these are our first issues that are included in our reading list specifically because they are relevant to Marvel Cosmic, uh, the sort of cosmic half of the Marvel Universe. Uh, there's separately reading lists that I'm, you know, playing around with using most of or some of, depending on what we find our tastes to be. Sure. Uh, but these are but these are here because of, yeah, like the Rigelians and Ego the Living Planet and sort of giving, you know, making sure we see some of these big space players show up. I mean, in comparison to what we've read from the, you know, the Earth Earthbound Marvel, it's significantly more interesting. And I and I and it was true of early Thor, too, that I mentioned. I thought that the mm hmm. What were they? Saturnites? Whatever planet they're from. Right. The Rockmen the rock from... People. The Rockmen rock from, from Jupiter? Uranus. Sat- from Uranus? I Neptune? Don't, yeah. I don't... It doesn't fucking it doesn't, matter. It doesn't they're really matter. Really they're from matter. some planet, and they were a lot <laughs> more fun than your standard Marvel villain has been. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's like a playfulness that you can have and a and a, you know, a real like big swing that you feel like you can take when you're not sort of bound to earthly rules. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know that that always is going to make compelling stories happen, but it definitely <laughs> kept my attention. It made me really excited to turn the page on Thor. Yeah. Because the art, the art of Ego is very fascinating. It's fun. He's a, he's a big planet with a face. That's scary. <laughs> it is pretty scary. I like his, I like his antibodies a lot. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Because they dive down inside his like planet body and. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it's good shit man uh, the the best the best thing i will i would say the best thing to come out of these three issues is when they sort of make a truce with thor and they send him off and thor's like you can't fucking attack earth and they're like okay okay shit you're scary <laughs> uh meanwhile tana nile has been like taken to the police station because she's been like take me to your leadering all over the place and none of them are believing that she's like an alien. And she's like, come on, you're going to believe me. I'm going to, I rule this planet. Your planet's locked down. Let me call my boss. And it, and it had a fun payoff, right? <laughs> because by the time that that all starts to re- boil to a head, uh, she's had her conquer license revoked. Yeah. <laughs> and so the boss is like, no, you're not, you're not the queen of nothing. And they hang up on her. <laughs> And we don't see what happens to her. She's just shamed in the police office. Right. The police station. She's just like left there holding a dead phone going, what? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. It's so good. It's so everything to me. I'd I'd watch a sitcom of Tana. Yeah. Yeah. I absolutely would. Shane. What? Shane, you know what I want. Oh! Oh, hello, folks. Welcome to another edition of Fuck, Mary Kill, 
where you have <laughs> I can't even say it. <laughs> one in the gun, one in the bum, and one who's the one. <laughs> its power has not diluted. The, it no. still makes me giggle. I like it a lot. Um, all right. So this week's Fuck, Mary Kill takes some of our, our new friends and hopefully some of our long-lasting friends. So we're doing uh, John Jameson. Okay, oh, yeah. Tana Nile, the Empress, <laughs> the first, <laughs> and the Silver Surfer's surfboard. The surfboard. Oh, just the surfboard. <laughs> just the surfboard. Mm. That surfboard's super dope, though. <laughs> but I you know... don't look super dope when you ride yeah, it around. <laughs> I know. I know I wouldn't look cool riding it around, but like, I might just marry the surfboard so that I can have it forever. You know what I mean? Oh, you think when you marry something, you get it forever? It just becomes yours? It's your property. <laughs> I don't like the crimes that are being perpetrated on me right now. You have to, Andy, you have to tell us if you married a surfboard or it's a trap. <laughs> so I married a surfboard. <laughs> oh, no. But, well, okay, so if I marry the surfboard, I have to decide whether I fuck uh, John Jameson, the, the spore man with the very big powers, <laughs> or Tana Nile, the, uh, the invader with, with something to prove with a chip on her shoulder. Ooh. Oh, no. <laughs> I think I got to go Tana Nile. I think I got I, I to gotta kill John, fuck Tana, and marry the surfboard. <laughs> okay. All right. Rory? I'm kind of I'm I'm on a similar wavelength. Uh I I killed John. He was he was not fun to read. He wasn't very entertaining. Yeah. Uh his bigness notwithstanding, he just doesn't have a lot going for him. <laughs> you do have the bigness. You've got the bigness I like. He only has spore induced bigness. He's supposed to be this hotshot well, astronaut. I got none of that. I got none of that vibe from these pages. Yeah. Well, it's because they had to write his dad being a complete douchebag to him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I fuck this, and I fuck the surfboard. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay, we now have audio of you recorded saying, I fuck the surfboard. <laughs> Roy sounds kind of excited about it, too. Well, I'm, ex- <clears throat> I'm mostly excited to, to spend the rest of my life with Tana Nile. Yeah. God, she seems fun. <laughs> and i bet after all this debacle and getting her license revoked she's ready to settle for you yeah what if she can't even leave earth what if she doesn't have a ship anymore and she's just yeah. there <laughs> yeah, what, what if she can't even leave earth and she's stuck with me and then i walk by and i'm like oh, oh you need a place to stay you look so it's wet out here. Why aren't you wearing a coat? Come on over to my place. And then She's one like, thing leads I'm to another. Leader. And you're like, mm-hmm, whatever, babe. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you think a comic with Tana Nile stranded on Earth would be a fun comic, yes. though? Wouldn't that be good? It would, though. Yeah. And I would definitely read it. Yes. Uh, I, yeah, I totally would. That's what, yeah, that would be the sitcom. Yeah. Yeah. It would always be her trying to figure out how to get back to her planet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kind of pinky in the brain style. She's just got to mm-hmm. yes. Oh my god, wait. So Rory, are you are you in that in that context then? I'm Pinky. Yeah, in that in that dynamic. <laughs> I can narf with the rest of them, the best of them. Shane, you have to answer. I okay, listen. 
I kill the surfboard to save both of you from looking like fools. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so before we even get a choice, Shane shows up and kills the surfboard. I, right. I put one through the surfboard's dome piece. I probably, I probably mar- marry Tana also. Boom, right. baby. Yep, yeah. And you fuck John. Yeah, yeah. I get, lovely, I get, lovely night I get some spores. I get some spores <laughs> on me, and then I go home and take a shower. <laughs> Let I get the astronaut spores. spores all over me. <laughs> <laughs> I hate this. <laughs> Shit. Oh my god. Hey, that's what? been issue eleven of the Infinite Backlog. Oh, Thanks for being one. there. Thanks for hanging out with us. It was a very fun time. And by the power of Asgard and the fury and majesty of the storms of space. Bye. 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 Bye.